Hello, and welcome to the Minimalist Moms podcast. I'm Diane. I'm a mother of three living in Columbus, Ohio. I'm trying to make room in my life for what matters by getting rid of the clutter and living life with purpose. I hope you'll join me on the journey to think more and do with less. Join me today as I speak with author Kathy Lip. Kathy is mom of four and author of many books, including her most recent one, The Clutter-Free Home. In this episode, Kathy discusses ways we can help our children learn to live a clutter-free life, principles of a clutter-free home, and living clutter-free with children. But before we get to the conversation, I wanted to encourage you, as always, to leave a rating or review if you haven't done so yet. I know I sound like a broken record when I say this, but it really helps others find this podcast and allows me to continue to produce this content for you. One last thing I did want to mention before we get to the episode is that I actually recorded this back at the beginning of March. So if things seem a little bit off or not so relevant to the current time that we're living in, such as me having just gotten back from Disney World or that baby Benjamin was with me and he was, what, I think about six months old at that point, that is why. So I think that is everything I wanted to tell you. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Kathy. She is so genuine and lovely, and I think that comes across from the moment we start chatting. So here's my conversation with Kathy. Kathy, thank you so much for joining me on the Minimalist Moms podcast this morning. Diane, I am so thrilled to be here. This is one of my favorite topics, so I'm super excited. I'm really excited to hear what you have to say as well. And I just want to let listeners give give them a little bit of a heads up. I do have baby Benjamin here with me today. <laughs> this is real mom life. So if you hear, he has a bit of a cold. So if you hear someone oh. sniffling, that's baby Benjamin over here. But Kathy, I want to discuss your new book, The Clutter-Free Home. But before we get into that, can you just introduce yourself a bit? I have been on this decluttering journey in earnest for about 10 years. And I grew up with a legit hoarder, uh, my dad, who couldn't let go of anything. And I was definitely going through those tendencies. And then when my husband and I got married and we combined four kids into 1,400 square feet, I knew something had to change. So I have been on this journey for a while. And my my proudest accomplishment is that we have a group on Facebook called Clutter Free Academy where 10,000 women and a few brave men are getting rid of clutter and going and living their lives. And it just makes me so happy. I can't even stand it. Yeah, that is such an like extreme difference from what you were raised in to who you are now, which kind of leads yeah. me into my next question. Do you consider yourself a minimalist? This is the Minimalist Moms podcast. And right. <laughs> yeah, everyone has a little bit different of an answer, but I'm curious to see what you have to say. Okay, I don't think the world would consider me a minimalist. I'm also not a maximalist. I don't like a ton of stuff around me. But uh, I do think that I approach my living with a minimalist mindset. And so, yeah, I don't think the world would see me as a minimalist. But I'm always trying to, I, I don't know if you ever heard this slogan, from World War I, I, oh gosh, now I don't know if it's World War I or World War II, but it was um, use it up, wear it out, make do, do without. And um, I look at that as such a freeing idea. That was so that they could win the war. For me, it's for peace and freedom. Mm-hmm. So as I'm like, you know, in Target or you know, shopping for my home or something like that. I'm always trying to see 
what can I do without? Does, mm. does that corner really need a picture? Do I really need another pair of jeans? So that's always the question I'm coming in with. So I believe it's a minimalist mindset, but I also have a life that requires a lot to make it function. Yeah. We have um, a home. We also have a retreat center we run. We Airbnb both of those. And so it's a weird area of life for somebody who doesn't want a lot of stuff, but it takes some stuff to make our lives run. And that's what we do. I want to take a minute and tell you a little bit about our new sponsor, Jonas Paul Eyewear. It was founded by Ben and Laura Harrison when their son Jonas was born nearly blind at birth. It was obviously extremely unexpected news that no parent prepares for but gave them a window into the world of blindness. They could have allowed Jonas's visual impairment to dampen their spirits, but instead they used this new challenge as fuel to launch Jonas Paul Eyewear, which now specializes in glasses for children and teens ages four through 16. Jonas Paul is a convenient way to try on glasses without even leaving your home, all for just $1. It can take time to choose the right pair of frames, but with Jonas Paul, there isn't that feeling of being rushed or pressured before you're ready to make the purchase. You can test out the glasses and order online, all from the safe, clean comfort of your couch. Your kids are going to love these frames, both for the quality and the style. Jonas Paul's mission is to help kids feel both beautiful and confident in the glasses. Their prescription glasses start at $79, including the prescription lenses. Blue light blocking lenses are also available for every Jonas Paul eyewear frame. They're perfect for the extra screen time and online learning. Just for being a member of the Minimalist Moms podcast community, save 15% off just for listening. Use code MINIMALISTMOMS15 at JonasPaulEyewear.com. Again, that's code MINIMALISTMOMS15 at JonasPaulEyewear.com. Let's talk about your book, The Clutter-Free Home, because it sounds like a lot of this mentality you've obviously put into your book. So I guess, tell me more about it and why did you decide to write this book? Yeah, it does seem a little strange because I do have a book just called Clutter-Free, which is really all the principles of how to live a clutter-free life. But in this one, my bossiness, um, my bossiness comes out in, in full force because people say all the time, would you just come to my house and tell me what to do? And I'm like, well, no, but I can send you a book and tell you what to do. Yeah. And so this is a room by room guide about uh, really one, I think it's thinking through your room. And I think this is where a lot of cluttery people mm -hmm. get hung up mm -hmm. is they don't really think through the purpose of their room. Mm -hmm. And so their room becomes the everything room and every room becomes the everything room. I, Diane, I was the person who had a bookshelf in my bathroom at one point, like that's how out of control I was. <laughs> and so to really think through the purpose of each room and say, nothing lives in here that doesn't serve the purpose of this room and doesn't serve me and my family. Mm -hmm. And so we take these steps where we dedicate the space and I actually have signs hanging in each room that say what the space is for in the kitchen. You know, it's a sit long, talk much because that's what I want to have happen there. Mm -hmm. Yet really dedicating the space and then making decisions. How do we want this room to feel? How do we want this room to smell? You know, things like that. How, what is the feeling I want coming into this room? 
And then I guide people through decluttering each space to about 60%, because I feel like 60% is a long way. And then we can start to make decisions about, do I want another throw pillow? Or have I decided now that I've decluttered? I love having a couch with no throw pillows because I just love walking into it and seeing nothing. And so once we can really think through our rooms and decide how we want them to be, it really goes a long way in helping us to declutter and then create the room that we actually want. No, that makes such a good point. And it is such a drastic change from your childhood where your dad was a hoarder. So I just am really surprised. I guess sometimes when you see when you're living within that, you can see how much stress and anxiety lies there and how much anxiety that can cause you. So I am more curious to know a little bit more about your childhood home growing up. Yeah. So here's the thing. Like my mom came from the most organized, clean house on the block. Like that's how she grew up. At the end of the night, she would get into trouble by her dad if she didn't put her paper dolls back in the drawer with the scissors, like that was the extent of her toys. Mm. So, I mean, it was extreme minimalism, but it wasn't from a healthy minimalist place. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, marrying my dad who had, um, he was a collector of electronics and stamps and rocks and oh my goodness, everything under the sun. Mm -hmm. And I saw the toll that that stuff took on their relationship. Mm-hmm. And when I went through a divorce, I naturally had to declutter because we were moving in with my parents. Mm-hmm. And so to come into my relationship with Roger, once we got married and combined our house, we we didn't have extra room. And I realized how often I had made decisions about what to do in my life and what not to do in my life based on the amount of stuff I had. Like, I'm not going to move because I've got too much stuff. Mm -hmm. I can't have somebody over because I've got too much stuff. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to be locked into those patterns. And I don't blame my parents, you know, Mm -hmm. like my mom is the most generous human being on the planet. My dad would have done anything for us, but he just didn't know how to manage his stuff. And at a point he just gave up Mm -hmm. and I just, I couldn't give up when I was 38 years old. I needed to make a change. Yeah. I, I'm happy for you that you were able to see that and to want to overcome some of those habits that they'd created in the home. And like you said, I think sometimes when we are holding so tightly to our possessions, we don't even realize, I guess, how mentally damaging that can be, it sounds like. Not, right. Not to necessarily blame your dad. It's just sometimes we, especially with, I, I've kind of seen this with our parents or their parents' parents, just that the mentality that you were speaking to in the beginning of the Great Depression <laughs> is that you keep and like you don't want to get rid of anything. And so I, I could just see how that might just stay with people throughout generations. Well, and here's the beautiful thing. Even though my parents didn't know how to deal with their stuff, I grew up in a loving home. Mm-hmm. So I had the the wherewithal, the love, the um, strength mm-hmm. to overcome this problem, even though my dad couldn't teach me how. So now you are teaching others in your book and just in general how to make their house feel like a happy home or just more welcoming or more organized. So what would you say is one of your number one tips to make their house feel this way? Yeah. So if decluttering is your downfall, 
Um, I have three questions that I ask myself whenever I'm going through my house. Um, one, do I love it? If I love it, I get to keep it. But the, the, the thing is, if it's in a box in your garage, I question your love. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Number two, do I use it? If I use it, if it's part of my everyday life, then of course I'm going to keep it. And number three, and this is an interesting one to really reflect on, would I buy it again? Mm-hmm. And if the answer is no, like I'm, I'm looking at what I'm wearing today. I'm wearing like a long t-shirt dress. I'm wearing jeans, uh, you know, skinny jeans and a uh, cream jean jacket. And every one of these pieces I would buy again. If I didn't have it, I would, I would go to the store and look for this because this is an outfit that I wear all the time and I feel comfortable in it. There are other things that I have given away, even if I've spent more money on it. I mean, I'm looking at everything I've worn that probably nothing on here I spent more than, you know, 30 to $50 on. But there are things that I've paid a lot more money for and realized I just don't use them. And so I always come from the place of just because I don't use it doesn't mean somebody else won't. And I really do believe that sometimes we are to have things just for a moment Mm -hmm. to pass them on to the right person. And so, um, you know, and I, it's made me so much more careful about my shopping and what I bring into my house Mm -hmm. so that I can, I can use that. I would rather give away money than stuff Mm -hmm. because money can be used in an emergency or something like that. So I'm so much more careful with my shopping than I used to be because I want to be able to be generous, not just with my stuff, but also with my money. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes one of the hardest things is that we don't want to part with something because we've already spent that money. But one perspective is the money's already spent, so it's okay. Right. Um, yeah. One of the things we have to think about is it costs us money to keep stuff. Yeah. You know, it, you know, to insure it, to clean it, to organize it. And it's not just financial costs. It's like every time you go through your closet and you're like, well, maybe I'll wear it someday. Mm-hmm. You are now using that mental you know, energy mm-hmm. once again, because I really believe the number one reason we have clutter mm-hmm. is just decision fatigue. We yeah. can't make one more decision. Mm-hmm. So we just leave it there and we'll decide later. Mm-hmm. That's why we have storage units because we can't make decisions. Yeah, absolutely. What I've been doing recently is if there is a decision that I need to make, whether that is with something that's coming in from my daughter from preschool, or if it's male, or if it's something I've been given from the podcast, or if it's gifts from a birthday, I deal with it right then and there. I don't push, I don't push it aside. I deal with it now. And that way, I don't know, it takes less than a minute typically to make a decision. And I feel like I'm not as attached to the items when they first come into the house, but as they stay there, there tends to be more of an attachment that builds. At least I've seen that in my own life. I am for sure. You know, I really feel like, you know, the thing I keep repeating to myself is don't put it aside, put it away. Mm -hmm. But also you're right. Sometimes putting it away is putting it in the donation pile. Yeah. So I, I love that. Yeah. Because you're right. The longer something stays in your house, the more it just becomes a part of the four walls. Yeah, absolutely. So this is where I feel like it can get tricky for people with our Mm -hmm. children. They're Uh, constantly bringing things in, things that they might have found at the park or just things from preschool or things they've been gifted. So how, or I guess, what tips would you give to a mom 
who is looking to declutter, but they do have those small kiddos in the home? Yeah. So a couple of different things is to understand that part of what we're doing is teaching our kids that clutter is harmful Mm -hmm. and that it's harder to concentrate with clutter around. It's harder to do those things that we want to get done. Mm -hmm. So one thing that we did that I thought was really uh, fun, and I did this even before I started decluttering, but each night in the middle of the dinner table, one kid would get a chance to show that their treasure, like whether it was you know, rocks that they found when they were walking or something that a friend gave them. And we would always, you know, so share it, share the story. But then, you know, you, we've been able to do that. You can get rid of it now. Mm -hmm. And I love that we can take pictures of things now. That was not really what was going on when my kids were little. And so to be able to take those pictures and get them away and then get the stuff away. And the other thing is to just make decluttering a part of your everyday routine. Mm -hmm. You know, hey, friends, we're going to get rid of 20 things from this room. So Mm -hmm. let's make some decisions to get it out. So it just becomes a part of what they do. And then, you know, when they have toys or clothes, you know, even while they are using them, to say things like, hey, when you're done using this, who do you think it should go to? Who do you think this shirt would look cute on? What, which of your friends do you think would want this toy when you're done with it? To really speak the language of we don't have to keep things forever. We have things for a time and a place. But the most important thing you can do with your kids is to demonstrate this, that you are getting rid of stuff, that you are not holding on to things that you don't use. To really create that home that has very few possessions, but has a lot of joy and activity in it. No, that's a really good point. And would you say that you could do that even with older kids? Because I think some people will listen to that and they're like, well, I missed my window. I have. No, I do that with my adult kids. Okay. And here's the beautiful thing, Diane. You know, I told you we're in the midst of moving right now. And I told my kids, hey, you can have what you want, but let's be clear. I am not going to feel guilty if you don't want something, but here's the other part of it. Cause they're adult children. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's not important enough for you to take to your house, don't be upset with me. If I throw away you know, that blanket from childhood or yeah. something like that, because if it's not important enough for you to keep, it may not be important enough for me to keep. And we're okay with that. Mm-hmm. And I really, you know, my kids are in their twenties and thirties. Um, I want them to have, that clutter-free life where they can pick up and move to a cheaper apartment. I want them to be able to move to that job that they have been dying to get. So yes, I, we can teach this to ourselves. We can help our spouses understand it's never too late. No, that's a really great point. I like that idea of if you're not going to take it to your apartment, why am I keeping it here in my own home? What are you waiting for? Yeah. It's just, it's helping our kids be indecisive. Yeah, And so, you know, it was really interesting when we went through this big move, the only person's stuff I had a ton of was my youngest daughters. Mm -hmm. And I said, how about this? Because I was sending her pictures, but there was a lot of stuff. And I said, how about this? I'll make you a deal. You come and go through this. You take what you need and I'll be happy to get rid of the rest. And out of four uh, filing boxes, she took about a half a filing box Uh, home with her, but she took pictures of other stuff and has been posting them on social media and stuff. 
But then she didn't have to be the one to dump the stuff. I'm like, I'm happy to dump it for you. But it helped both of us Mm -hmm. to get rid of the stuff. No, that's, yeah, that's a really great point. I just want people to know, again, I don't have older kids at this point, but I don't want to sound hypocritical that I feel like it's easy for me to say because I've started this foundation and I don't want any listener that has older kids to think that they've missed the boat because I do think you're so right that we can always implement this and always start fresh. And I've said this before on the podcast, kids are so adaptable and ready to learn. And I think that there is an encouragement there. So, well, and Diane, let's be clear, you know, my kids grew up in clutter, Mm -hmm. like I didn't really start to adopt these principles until my youngest was probably a sophomore in high school and they mm-hmm. still lived at home for a while. Yeah. But all of my kids, every single one of them, except for one who's a teacher uh-huh. and teachers it, rarely are teachers minimalist. This is just something I've come to understand, <laughs> but all of them would consider themselves minimalist. I'm laughing at that because my husband is a teacher and that was my degree, <laughs> but, <laughs> but you're right. I do think that it's easy to not be a hoarder, but like, it's fun, especially I feel like if you're an elementary school teacher, you have right. all the erasers and the fun, what, I don't know. School supplies are just really exciting to have and keep around. So, <laughs> well, and let's be clear, teachers are buying their own stuff for their classrooms. Yeah. So of course they want to keep everything because yeah. otherwise it's more money out of their pocket. This is a, this is completely no judgment. Let's mm-hmm. be super clear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's a great point. Well, is there anything else that you would say would be a great takeaway from your book or just something that you want to leave listeners with now? Oh, boy. You know, to say this is really the objective of decluttering for me mm-hmm. is so that you don't have to waste so much space, time, energy, and money maintaining your stuff. Mm-hmm. I want you, you know, everything opened up for me after I became clutter free. That's when we decided to buy this writing retreat in the mountains and we started hosting writers at our home, you know, at our home there. Um, this is when we started running our Airbnb business. Everything opened up and all of these things we couldn't do with the clutter. And so I just, I challenge people to start getting rid of stuff because here's the thing, you're going to miss almost none of it, but you're going to see the opportunities in your life just open up in ways that you never expected. Yeah. I think that that's kind of why I'm doing this podcast too, just to see that minimalism really does affect your life in so many more ways than you kind of ever expect. And it doesn't have to be this fast process. Like I know for a lot of people that they want to pare down in a more slow way, but I think just like you said, getting there is so freeing and opening so many more opportunities in our life than we expect. So yeah, it really, uh, it's one of those things. People are so afraid to get rid of their stuff, mm-hmm. but once they do, they're like, why was I holding on to it? Absolutely. It may, it added no value to my life, but the experiences, that's what you'll remember. You'll, you'll lose the stuff, but you'll remember the experiences. Definitely. Have you been searching for a podcast that the whole family can listen to? What about one that includes positive role models for your daughter? Only 19% of children's books showcase women with jobs or career ambition, and by the age of six, many girls already believe that they are less smart than boys. If you're looking for a podcast full of encouragement told from a woman-first perspective, I have the one for you. 
Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls podcast. This award-winning podcast has been named Best Family and Kids Podcast by the Webby Awards. That's like the Oscars for the internet. And the Best Educational Podcast by the New York Radio Awards and rated the Top Educational Podcast by iTunes. Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls podcast offers parents and teachers a free resource to inspire, educate, and instill confidence in girls. Podcast draws from the library of stories in the Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls book series and highlights one exceptional woman in each 20-minute episode. They are perfect before bedtime or on the way to school. The podcast introduces girls to modern icons as well as her story figures like Frida Kahlo with engaging narration by equally impressive women. Give the Rebel Girl in your life the confidence to dream bigger and find Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls award-winning educational podcast on your Well, where can listeners find you or buy a copy of your new book if they are interested in connecting? Yeah, so my favorite place for people to find us is on Facebook at Clutter Free Academy. If you just put that in the search bar, you'll come to our group. We ask you a couple of questions because it's a high quality group. We won't we only want the nicest people in there who are waiting to change their lives. Mm-hmm. And you'll get a daily dose of encouragement. People post their before and after pictures, their struggles, but it's it's a transformative group. So we would love for people to come join us there. And the book, The Clutter-Free Home, you can get it on Amazon. You can get it at Barnes & Noble. You can get it at any of your favorite retailers. Well, as we're wrapping things up, I ask each guest two questions. And the first one that I have for you is, what is something that you're simplifying right now, aka what is your minimalist moment of the week? Ah, okay. You know, for me, it has been uh, my travel because I've just been, I'm, I just got back from a trip late last night and I'm going to be going on a 24 day trip next month. Yeah. It's crazy. And so, but I need to do it from a very tiny suitcase. So I am spending, you know, minimalism takes intention and, um, And so it's to be intentional about everything that I put in there and making sure that that pair of leggings, that jacket cannot, it can't do double duty. It has to do quadruple duty. So really thinking through that. And so it's so funny because simplifying isn't always easy, Mm -hmm. but it does make things easier once you've done it. Yeah. All the work on the back end really does make the front end so much easier. Yeah. Yeah, we just got back. Well, me and my oldest and my baby, we got back from Disney World and I packed all of us in one suitcase and oh my we were word. gone for four days. So I was pretty impressed. I just think you're right. If you're more intentional, it ran so smoothly. I knew what we were wearing each day that we were there. Yeah. Didn't need to check that bag. So that's amazing. Yeah. That's really impressive. There should be like an award out there. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure people are doing it even better than me, but I will say I was very proud of that moment. So. You should be for sure. Um, Okay. And then my last question for you is what is something that you cannot stop talking about? Um, I'm feeling ridiculous and super late to the game, but I'm just starting to under, you know, understand and explore the Enneagrams. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, you know, finding out I'm a seven 
kind of explains a lot in my life uh-huh. and uh, to, to understand why focus is difficult for me and all of that kind of stuff. So the, the book that I just finished reading that has really helped me and my husband's reading it now is The Road Back to You. Okay. So yeah, if we're talking for more than about four minutes, I'm probably going to ask you about your Enneagram and figure that out. So um, it's just been very, very interesting and helpful to me. No, it really is. My husband and I have also taken somewhat of a deep dive into it and it has benefited us both just so much, just seeing what your underlying drive is. And I don't think it's the end all be all the Enneagram, but it just has been super helpful for us as well. So that's awesome that you've discovered it. I'm happy for you. (laughs) Yes. Yes. All my friends were talking about it and I was resisting it for a while. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, in order to be a part of conversations these days, I need to know this. And I'm glad I do. I, I feel like the approach in that book has been very helpful to me. Great. Well, Kathy, thank you so much for joining me on the Minimalist Moms podcast today. Thank you for just being flexible with Benjamin being here with uh, us. I'm sure he is the cutest co-host ever. He is. I just actually tagged you in, a, with. you'll see him. I just tagged you on Instagram. So <laughs> Awesome. I can't wait. All right. Have a great day. Thank you. Bye-bye. What did you think of the interview? I loved when Kathy said, the longer something stays in your house, the more it becomes a part of the four walls. When you start to see your home for the gift that it is, you do care for it by tossing the things that no longer serve you and your family. And you can declutter and you can make decisions. Just move room by room and make those decisions. It might be tough, but you can do it. The more time that you spend decluttering, the more time you will earn back from cleaning. It's time that you can spend doing the things that you love rather than the things that you have to do to maintain your current way of life. I hope that makes sense. If you're still struggling with moving through your home, no worries. At the end of September, I will bring you a new series of decluttering room by room. I'll have notable voices from the minimalist Instagram community join me as we tackle the living room, bathroom, kitchen, storage, closets, pantry, and kids' rooms. I am so looking forward to this series, and I think it'll be helpful for anyone with lingering questions regarding how to declutter room by room. I invite you to keep the conversation going at minimalistmomspodcast.com. There you'll find links to the Facebook page, Instagram account, and where you can find me all around the web. Join me back here next week as I bring you my conversation with the voices behind the hit podcast, Find the Magic. Felicia Allen and Tara Lynn Griffin and myself have just an open conversation about parenting. We all have slightly different approaches, and I think this provided for a great conversation. Thank you for joining up on this journey. I wish you a lovely week as you think more and do with less.